0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eternal Cast. I am Neil, and I'm joined today by Lights Out Ace. Back on the cast, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: Uh, I am doing just great. I'm uh, a little tired and a little busy, what with the uh, the new Tykes Out Ace, but I'm good.
0: Yeah, that's uh, clearly been something that you've been a little bit busy with um, over the last couple of uh, of weeks. Uh, how old is Tykes Out Ace right now?
1: Uh, like just five over a weeks. month, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, five he, weeks, right.
1: A little over a month, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it turns out that your boy was born a like his birthday is a day after mine. I, we figured that out like later on, which I thought was was really funny. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh j- just uh, getting a little bit of the, the, the dad stuff out, out there. You know we, we wanna touch on that base with that a little bit. Like, you know, how are things going with that? Because I, I mean I I know that I, it's something that I'm darky about. If somebody don't you don't like this shit, just you know, skip the head two or three minutes, you'll you'll survive.
1: Oh, no. I mean, I love him. He's so adorable. And it's every little thing that he does. It's like, oh my gosh, today he played, like he held up his head for 10 <laughs> seconds, you know, just like all these little things, like no one else cares about, yeah. but like, oh, yeah. you it's made so that thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, you love him and you're so excited to like hold him and hear him talk and hear him sc- look at him squirm around and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, it's the, the fact that you're like so lame about like, oh my god, these like tiny little things he does—they're so amazing. And, and, and Aaron, like someone who just doesn't know babies is just gonna be like, I, uh, I guess they kind of wiggled a little bit differently. It's <laughs> super exciting for you, I guess. Yeah, so it's just, it, it's, they're
1: learning how everything works, you know, learning what synapses fire, their muscles and. It's fun yeah. to just like hold him and sing little nonsense lullabies to him. And I, I did that on stream today.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was great. And we'll, we'll, while you mentioned that, we are actually doing this live as well. We've done this, of course, a bunch of times before. But if you're new to the podcast, um, you might hear me taking questions or whatever from the the Twitch chat as we're doing this. But um, this is also going to be a particularly good episode to get some feedback and some ideas from the, the Twitch chat. Because we're going to be reviewing a lot of the stuff that's been happening over the last couple of weeks in terms of um, the the card, actually, like, a couple days, basically. There's been a, shit, a ton of shit that's happened in the last two days between balance changes that were launched yesterday and then card reveals that were dropped today. So this is going to be a, a really good, uh, like, way for people to, to get give feedback to us and, and, like, ideas of, like, oh, what do you think about this or what about that or whatever uh, with it as we go through with everything, so how about I'm gonna ask you first? Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about the spoilers, or you want to talk about the balance patch? Uh,
1: we should probably go in chronological order. Talk about the balance patch first.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought too. I uh, just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. and if you got the answer wrong, I'd just been like, okay, well, we're done here. But you know, <laughs> I was testing. So, uh, yeah, no, it was it was a test, and you passed. Okay, balance patch. Let us. Pull that up i have it in front of me i can link it to you if you don't have it available oh, but i've got we, it we you got it okay so uh this was basically i would describe it as almost like an unbalanced patch like a rebalanced patch like it, it is very strange that basically all of the changes so there's or there was a bunch of changes that were reversions to previous forms of these cards like, I've never seen that from them. I mean, we've had, like, the one change previously where Vara regained some of her abilities, but these were just a bunch of cards that were reverted to their original form that had been nerfed previously, which was wild.
1: Yeah. Levitate got, like, a half on nerf as well. But yeah, this is a oh, bunch of cards up. being reverted to their actual original forms, like, from closed beta times.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 So we're going to start there. So the buffs: uh, Argent Port Instigator is back to a 2S card as opposed to a 2SS card. Card, Crown Watch Paladin is back to a two two, Desert Marshal is back to a two two, Rakano Artisan is back to a two two, and Champion of Chaos now gets plus one plus one for each ability of the two influence abilities that she has, and as opposed to plus one plus zero. So same other text in terms of getting the the battle skills. So do you want to take these one by one or kind of talk about them as a group? Or I think that we should probably talk about them sort of one by one, I guess, because they, they have very different implications and levels. Of it. So how about we start at the top then of Argentport Instigator. Um, what do you think about this change? And this is definitely the biggest one. It goes hand in hand with a couple of other ones. Uh, it goes hand in hand with
1: Champion yeah. of Chaos, obviously, and also with Watch Paladin. So, Archpriest Scared used to be like the dominant two drop in the game. It was the only three three for two. You know, it has downside, quote unquote. Like we do a bunch of extra damage. Um, now, that's not the case. Like there's also Teacher. Uh, there's a couple other like playable three twos, like Fenris, for example. So, it's not like completely dominant uh, at two power, but it's still very very strong now that more decks can cast it. Uh, but like at SS's, like. There's basically no base S deck that wanted this, like even Xenon wanted teachers that now it goes in Xenon, it goes in Scar, it goes in Arjunport, which might be back with Karmarch Paladin. Uh, and I think it's just like the headliner of the patch, really even more so in Champion of Chaos. You're going to be seeing a lot of Arjunport Instigator in days to come.
0: Well, that's partly because also Arjunport Instigator is just so, more, so much more versatile, right? Like Champion of Chaos, like if you're not in a fairly aggressive Stone Scar deck, you can't play that card, really. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't be playing that in a three-faction deck. Like, even though our influence situation has improved substantially since set one, like, I still just don't think that you should be playing that card in a three-faction deck because you really want to get... Like, like, when you're attacking with it on turn four, you want to have it as a 5 five, And when you play it on turn three, you want it to at least be a four-four. So... It, it's that's one that I think is a pretty big difference in, in terms of it, that the well, Champion of Chaos is really, really good in the decks where it's at its best uh, Instigator is going to be solid, basically into any quasi-aggressive shadow deck
1: yeah, and I guess that's a good point that you can put it in three-faction deck now, like mm-hmm. you're, you're casting two drops in three-faction decks all the time so why not this one And if some three-faction deck that wants a 3-3 three, three for two uh, why not Jam Instigator in there
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's something that I think part of the problem before was that some of these three-faction aggressive decks have kind of always been just super sloppy and, and like, weird, but I think that the the support that they've kind of gotten recently in the most recent patch of having the three-faction theme, uh, maybe there might be something there in terms of an aggressive theme uh your gunslinger deck in the winchest faction or or something like that um you, you can pl- you play this alongside of the uh, uh the duo and like the uh the pistol etc like i mean that's like a, a whole idea there and then a lot of the decks i've seen that are like that already are a little bit too ambitious in the um the influence requirement as as well but it's definitely got something to to take some Consideration for it and really think about where he'll be at his best, yeah. And people tried that back when Hydro Pistol first came out and instigated was SS. And, like,
1: yeah, clearly it's much better when your best two drop is only a single pip. <laughs> oh, yes, much, much better. Okay, Overall, note, so- this card is a uh, pretty, it's it's it embarrasses the rats deck, which has been picking up popularity. Like, yes, mm. <laughs> every single rat that dies pings them for one, get crushed.
0: Yeah, and I think that it, it does a lot of things like that, too. I mean, they're very clear in this that they are trying to buff aggro. Like, they kind of say that... Be, I'll just even read this at the top. First, we like to see more presence for aggro, particularly those aggressive strategies, without a large number of flyers. To this end, we are buffing a variety of low-cost units that have each have uh, had such great success in the past. Uh, they were, at one point, nerfed. So... um, Like, this is something that, you know, we talked about, everybody's been talking about, like, Agro just hasn't really been present in in the game, basically, since the printing of Hailstorm, I think was kind of when you saw that, Mm -hmm. like, that archetype kind of really get crushed, and it hasn't recovered since then. I mean, there's also also been a whole series of nerfs and other printings, like Vara, uh, baby Vara.
1: Yeah, the funny cetera, thing is have that made, now no one plays Hailstorm, but everybody plays Jotun Hurler. So, like changing all these two ones to two twos is a big thing. Like Even Cromarch Paladin, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't die to two snowballs now.
0: Oh yeah, there, there's lots of uh, these subtle changes, and we're going to be talking about even there's a change to Jotun uh, Hurler as well that's covered a little bit later on, but it's really fascinating of like we've like seen all these changes, and I, I actually almost I won't talk on that, then right now, um, because of the the hate for X-1s, because of particularly the prevalence of Hojan, uh, and it has really put a lot of pressure on X-1s. So that's part of the reason that I'm, while I like the idea of aggro, I'm still not necessarily sold on Oni Ronin. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I, I still don't think Oni Ronin is where you want to be. I think you want to be a little bit bigger, with like the instigator alongside Vara or Highwaymen or whatever, or Kramosh Paladin alongside... Uh, so... Crash Paladin, traditionally went in argent port aggressive decks like Bloodletter and such. Mm-hmm. And that deck kind of wants to play Vara now, but I think that you just accept the nonbo and play Paladin and Vara.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that, that's something that we've seen with Vara from a number of decks already. Is like, yes, she's a nonbo with uh, you know, in a lot of argent port decks and in a lot of fell decks. Um, but you like that she's so powerful that you just kind of accept that. Uh, and you get used to playing around it and remembering all of the different numbers that can come up in the course of the game and and just build around it so that it's not at its, at its worst and uh, take advantage of the fact that she's a silly card.
1: Yeah. And then uh, to kind of touch on the the other two of these, uh, Desert Marshall went to 2-2 two, two from 2-1. Two, this is decidedly not an aggro buff. The Desert Marshall is an anti-aggro card, if anything, and I'm not really sure what this changes anything for the card since there's not many Grandin drones around anymore. And then Rekano Artisan, I think, is still completely unplayable. Like, Armory's Day has come and gone long ago.
0: Yeah, these are both cards that are, like, I feel that they are very much, like, they were originally done um, in a very particular era when uh, Bandit Queen style aggro decks were the thing to be playing. And, uh, or, like, was it, like, the thing that you're, like, trying to play to counter these. Uh, greedy mid range to uh, controlling style decks. So bringing these from two one, from two twos to two ones meant that you could not block the grander drones out in against the stone scar aggro decks, which really let the queen style uh, stone scar decks like take off in popularity. So that's why that buffer like made a big difference then. And but I think that like uh, you know fair Combray decks have just like not really been good for a while now. Uh, like, I can't remember the last, like, like, maybe a lessy ish, but like, even that was like, there was like, a, a very different theme, very different thing that was going on there at some level. Like, it's just like Desert Marshall kind of like wants to play this like fairly fair game plan. And it's just like, I feel like the rest of the game has like moved so far past that. Rocconno Arbison is kind of just a joke in my mind because um like like who is playing smuggler stash who is playing reforge i mean like i guess that these things are good if you have the uh zero cost uh knife but it's ch- like he, he's just so friggin' slow and that two two body is not impressing anybody
1: yeah i think Artisan likely sees zero play and desert marshall sees more play in temporal than in decks with more than 10 units
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe, maybe like we, we get a deck like um, the Rekano aggro decks of old that they were playing Artisan. That seems still like a, just such a a long shot in my mind.
1: The old aggro armory, I was never a believer.
0: Oh no, I wasn't either. I was never impressed. So with that then, how about we uh, take a look at some of the other... Changes. We have some other buffs as well. So flame blast has been changed to one FFF as opposed to two FFF. So this is functionally the same as its original design, where it has power surge functionally, but it starts off at one damage as opposed to uh, with um well, or starts at one damage with for two power as opposed to uh, for, uh one damage for one power as opposed to one damage for two power got it right that time <laughs> yeah i mean
1: it's back uh, but the world the context is a lot different like now cobalt waystone exists now I don't know, uh like I, I guess island choice existed back then but there's just like so many more ways to mess with it now uh and like the fact they can hit sites is like a buff to it but, like if you're flame blasting mm-hmm. a site like you already got two for one you're not happy with that exchange you're not ahead on that exchange
0: yeah i think that the main purpose for this card is like okay, so one of the things i would definitely say is that the where flame blast was at its best before was at these burn style decks that were playing four copies of flame blast or you know, close to four copies of flame blast four copies of obliterate and the game would kind of like stall out you would have dealt 15 to, to 10 to 15 points of damage with your units and then you finish the game with your fireballs
1: yeah, um, uh, yeah. That's another point to that is like the game is just so much faster now. You can't afford to be playing eight, oh, five yeah. cost burn spells and like aiming them at face turns five
0: through seven. Like you're just dead way before that. Yeah, that's the thing that I was gonna say. Is it? It just feels like it's that that's way too slow, especially when you have such high power lifesteal units. Like when you're playing that against Baby Vara or against Rizon, that just feels embarrassing.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, I've noticed that like units are bigger on average now. It's just kind of mm-hmm. been, like. Size unit size creep, I guess. So just like yeah. Flame Blast isn't answering things on curve anymore. Like before Archport Instigator was only three 3 for two. Now there's also teacher. And like it doesn't kill Stinger on curve. It doesn't kill Titan or VAR on curve. It doesn't kill it doesn't kill anything. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not killing yeah. any units in a reasonable time frame with Flame Blast.
0: No, I I will I will agree with that. So it, it is something that I think that it's good as a as a market Card because it does have versatility to it, and, and that if you happen to flood out in your game, you can punk somebody out of a game with something like that. Um, what level of adoption it'll receive, uh, I don't know yet, but uh, that's where I would think about it as having the most reasonable applications, or maybe if there's some sort of plus spell damage, uh, skycrag, yeah, deck or something like that, I don't know. Um, all this kind of seems like a little bit of a long shot to at least be like a major player in the metagame.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Flame Blast will see reasonable play in markets, but I just don't think there'll be like four Flame Blast main decks really. Or... No. I mean, like, people will try them, but I think that they will be phased
0: out and not be successful. Yeah. And then Treachery is the last of the buffs, if I am correct. Yes, it looks like it is. Uh, n- now it can discard a site as well as the, the units. So this is one that. Uh, really points to a more stone scar mid range style of deck, which is interesting. I, I think that people, a lot of people have identified that. sites have been a classic card that is very difficult to interact with, and uh, which makes it super difficult to go head to head with them. And, and that, like, if they get into play, like something like Palace just snowballs the game so hard once it gets into play, and having tools to interact with it before it hits the battlefield feels important so treachery is a tool that helps with that do you think that it's enough uh
1: well i mean i I think it's going to be solid it's going to see a lot of play but i think it's going to be in markets because you want to hit sites with it that cost five or six so you really don't want to be playing it like multiple copies because you really just want to cast one on five or six right before the site would devastate you so i i really think that it's going to be a card that He's play it in most of these like sort of aggressively in stone scar markets uh, or other decks that are completely dead to sites like that are low on removal basically like it is, FJS isn't going to play this for example no. but like but like uh, any sort of stone scar mid or stone scar aggressive deck is probably going to be pretty vulnerable that sort of thing is going to want to play it.
0: Yeah, and they get the two damage ping as well, which uh, something like a stone's card mid-range deck would really appreciate that. So Jimmy D. Knight do, did highlight that um, they chose to hit this card as opposed to something like Sabotage. The main reason that I, like, this is something that I was discussing before in, like, Discord, or something like this, which was that if they had given that ability to Sabotage, it would have been a really oppressive buff to Tomb, specifically. Like, dear god. <laughs> that would have been like like tomb is already an incredible card like with it's seen a ton of play you know if there have been some successful decks that played as a four of main yeah it makes the uh, two
1: mirrors really really dumb <laughs>
0: oh god oh yeah no the the two mirrors would be just absolutely backbreaking about who's like on the play and get, gets to pl- uh, to play it first so I'm I'm happy to. To see uh, that they decided to hit uh, treachery specifically, and giving like more love to the Stone Scar faction, which has been uh, on the outs now for quite some time.
1: To me, the biggest implication of this buff is that sites are more like units than like spells. They made a, a unit discard spell hit them, and not a spell discard spell.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: which means that maybe we'll get something that like kills a unit or a site in the future. That would be. Uh, an excellent card and I'd love to see it
0: yeah I, well like I mean I think that w- part of what we're seeing is just a, a cycle that uh, dial digital mm-hmm. likes to do I think that they very clearly we've seen in their behavior before that they like to um, push one thing and then push the counter to that thing at, at some point in the future and and really get you get the feel of that pendulum swing back and forth where sites uh initially when they were first printed were are were very, very difficult to interact with. We've seen some of the balance changes that have pulled that back slightly. But um, I, I would not be shocked to see a sight removal spell that uh, worked well in the next set when that gets married. We'll be talking a little bit about some of that stuff, of course, in the little bit of the future. So um, any other comments on these buffs so far because we're going to get into the nerfs next
1: uh well so the the main meta implication of this is that they buffed a bunch of aggro decks i still in the don't think that they're gonna be dominating and they hit some nerfs that we'll get to in a second but these nerfs prominently didn't hit the ftp mid-range deck which has been very popular recently i mean like hurler got hit but like that's a slap on the wrist it barely matters mm-hmm. uh I think, incidentally, this really improves the position of my pet deck, Xenon, and I'm excited to play some more Xenon <laughs> with the Arjiford Instigator.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's... Uh, people are really... you saying, like, oh, this is the Stonesguard patch, like, Stone's got all this stuff. I think that people might be a little bit um, downplaying and undervaluing the benefits to these auxiliary kind of uh, side decks. Um, that like, Obviously, Stonesguard, like, it was very dead for a very long time, and now it's a thing again, which is which is cool. But now, like there are actual other decks that uh, are going to appreciate these changes. So with that, then let us move on to talking about the nerfs because these are important too. Uh, first, let's let's talk about the the, the changes to to the smugglers. Uh, we have Red Canyon Smuggler, which is now a two one. We have Hidden Valley Smuggler, which is now a two two. Uh, but actually, I should. Um, review what these are, uh, the names of these are like what these actually are in terms of the uh, faction influences. you know that not everybody remembers what their their lines to Red Canyon is the Ricano one, so that's the two one now. Um, hidden Valley, a uh, hidden road rather, is a two two that is the wind the uh, Argentport one, and then Great Valley Smuggler is a two two that gets plus two plus two if you have a relic, and that is the uh, the Elysian Smuggler. So. Uh, first off this is like I think I did the math and this is like we've had eight balanced changes to to merchants
1: yeah three out of so, five pardon. merchants and three out of five smugglers got nerfed and then these two of these smugglers got nerfed again hit
0: them again yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> like it, it, this is it, I think that this has kind of brought this discussion back of like our merchants and smugglers a problem. I mean, I kind of been on the side for a while now that I think that they're just a little bit too good and a little bit kind of too versatile. And it's part of the reason that aggro has had such such a hard time getting back into the game because like everybody has access to these really potent Cards that, um, if you have a weakness to aggro, you could just put a good counter to aggro in your market and you'll just, you're fine now. So turn four, you have your
1: Vara, your Hailstorm, or your Defiance, or whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) A harsh rule, et cetera, et cetera. Like,
1: like the, clearly they want people to play merchants. They just don't want people to play 8, 10, 12 merchants. So I think they're really going to pull back the set six smugglers next month. Yeah. Have you we had confirmation
0: that there will be smugglers in set six? Uh, we have not. It's just assumed. Yeah. Uh, okay. just,
1: more than more smugglers. I want more displays displays are so fun. I want that <laughs> yes display,
0: you know? Yeah. See, the, the thing that this is something that we'll we'll get into a little bit more speculation when we actually talk about the new cards. The thing that I, I was going to say is um, a lot of people are like just so solidly convinced that we're going to get the the smugglers, like another cycle of smugglers or like the ones that we have right now, um, that we're going to get the other three faction sets that are actually supported. I am actually a little bit of a skeptic. I could see them kind of just Throwing a little bit of a curveball and saying no, you have to wait uh, for these, and then we we'll might have a little bit longer. That um, maybe they do something like um, support single faction decks. So uh, I, I mean, I could easily be wrong. I'm not saying that that that's like a, a lock or whatever, but I think that people are overvaluing the chance that we're going to get another three faction
1: centered set. So four hours ago, I would have said you're nuts. But then we saw, spoiler, it has five single-faction pips, so yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm sort of believing you
0: now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will touch on that then shortly, of course. So these these changes, though. Uh, the, the other thing that I was going to say in this is, uh, remember when um, Winchest was like at its peak and... There were all these people on like Reddit and Twitter or whatever that were saying like, oh, people who were bitching about Winchest just, you know, like haven't tried to beat it. And they're just like not innovating in their decks or whatever. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that discussion? Because <laughs> like since then, since then, I think that I we were discussing this in the, the Discord the other day that the deck has received seven nerfs or like eight nerfs or something like this. Like that deck was fucking insane.
1: Yeah, I mean that was the first tier zero deck we've seen in a long time. Like before that, like oh, yeah. it had been a long time since like uh, Alessi Blitz, and it had been a long time since like Argent Port pre Hailstorm before that. And even then, there was like a gentleman's agreement to not play Argent Port, so it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It
0: wasn't as represented as it should have been. <laughs> yeah, Well, because the I deck like was just boring stuff. as dirt, man. It was, <laughs> like, it was just Canyon like, oh, d- back of your idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, like, oh, Tavrod, like, won a game again. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tabrod was just game over against 50% of the field. He just, like, played a single tab
1: rod in turn eight. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah, know, Red Canyon Smuggler was, like, so absurd, and I'm, I'm happy that it now dies to Snowball in Var's favor. That card has been way over the line for a very long time.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, and just, like, the idea that you just... Casually get to include it with the the plate, and that that just like ices yeah. people. Just like just, like just randomly. randomly. You play yeah. a three drop that tutors up its own weapon,
1: a double damage three drop that tutors up its own weapon to give it evasion. And just murder you.
0: Yeah, it does. It does so much stuff, and it is so versatile in the ways that it can be. because it's just because double damage is just such a powerful ability, right? Like I. I I honestly think that it should have had something like double damage on your turn, double damage when you're attacking, like something like that. Even I, I don't know. It's double damage
1: when wielding a weapon.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense uh, for it. But like, that was a card that was. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was first. I like two three. Who thought that was okay? <laughs> that was okay. Oh my God. Um, anyway, that is uh, something to look back on fondly in the in the future. Uh, and I mean, it's still good to see play. Like as we've all seen right now, like smugglers are insane. It, yeah. It, so are they gonna
1: nerf them again? Like when does Karen and Merchant go to two zero?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Just, just something like that. We, we, uh, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time, but uh, yeah, like these are definitely going to continue to see play. Uh, I think that the the Great Valley Smuggler one could make a little bit of a difference, in that people are more likely to put the actual relics in their um, market because people are just basically been playing them as a three three for a while now.
1: Yeah, it probably gets cut from FTP, but it's relatively unchanged in rats like it still hurts to have it silenced a little bit more but ftp will just switch to Ixton or Genev or Aurelian or whatever
0: yeah i think that the the ftp decks like there been a lot of um successful ones recently that are playing Aurelian plus the like, they, like the one that I was playing i have a video of um that they came out recently that it was playing four Aurelian, four of the uh, skycrag uh one and then uh, two of the, the Great Valley Smuggler, you just t- cut those two of the Great Valley Smuggler, and you'll be perfectly happy. Maybe you'll change your market up slightly in, in response to that, but like it's just not a hard thing to adjust to, when, especially when you're in a three faction deck and you have access to like five so different ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be that big of a change, I think, in terms of the meta game, but it will uh, decrease the power level of these three faction greed pile. Um, mid range kind of decks. Yeah, which was the goal, so... Yes, yeah. Uh, Now, the other nerfs that we saw are Jotun Hurler, which has become a 3-3. Now, this is one that I have to run by you. Was this a 3-4 at one point? Uh, No, it was always a 4-4, uh, this
1: is also the most irrelevant like, nerf in the history of eternal this is like nerfing smuggler like you know how they nerf smugglers stash like months after it' ever seen any play like this is more <laughs> irrelevant than that like it doesn't matter at all like I guess like when huru control is stabilized and winning with a ham sandwich their ham
0: sandwich is like slightly floppier yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, th- this is this is a one. I I I'm gonna have to check this at some point in the future. I'm pretty sure that it was like very early on a three four, but that might have just been like oh, there was like the stupid card that they rebalanced like three times. went from like. Three four to two five to three four oh, and, ambush
1: stalker. Yeah, the it was ambush stalker cash notes said like ambush stalkers and move from three four to two five to better match up against the format. <laughs> and then match then up a against a the month later, <laughs> Then move from two
0: five to three four to better match up against the format. Yeah, change is the best. Is <laughs> the best cash notes I've ever. I'm pretty sure this. That it has been changed from a four-four to a three-three to better match up against the format. <laughs> so, it's not just vanquish; it's a buff. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> same same reason that the that uh, Blackside Harbinger um, increasing the attack was a was he nerf. This this is a buff.
1: Might legitimately be better than Huru Beer, because they can't vanquish it before you put Palace on it.
0: Yeah, man. Um, no, I mean th- this is a card that it is really there just because it gives you some, some fodder and these snowballs are really relevant. Um it, yeah, it's I, a snowball I, with
1: an extra piece of cardboard attached that you can yeah. put in your market or put tuck to strategize or whatever.
0: Yeah. I think that if it, it depends ultimately on where the metagame is, then. I think that where it is right now, where that snowball is really valuable, uh, you are definitely not cutting this from a lot of the decks. Uh, but if it moves in a direction where, um, that the snowball just isn't necessary quite as as often. Then, and the, the, since the four four is not nearly as good, then you'll be cutting this maybe a little bit. Then I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So with that, we can talk about the shelter wing rider this is also technically a reversion because this was originally a zero four and then it was made into a zero five um one of the reasons that this is particularly interesting is how it lines up against oric Runehammer, which has yeah, of so. course been a staple of eternal since the the beginnings of, of the game the fact that this is a zero four that can be just Eaten up by a unbuffed Runehammer is a pretty big deal in if that card m- might have a chance to have a bit of a resurgence yeah this
1: makes me want to play Auric Runehammer because it's now so good against FJP killing Vargo and Shelterwing is like both of their main palace targets yeah. and then making me want to play more Runehammer makes me want to play more Jotun Hurlers so I think Jotun Hurler is going to see more play after this patch hmm it's
0: <laughs> I, I that might be a bold call, but I wouldn't be surprised because it's seeing a lot of play right now. like that is a really popular card, yeah i mean I, I think we're like at the point where there's where like
1: pings are so valuable that hurler is just better than so and like if you're playing a skycrag deck with eight merchants or strategizers or whatever and you want more than f- like you want fewer than eight fodders you you put it playing four Hurlers before you're playing four zo
0: i I mean that is some hot takes right now, um. I'm going to say no right now, but I, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. I'm willing to be proven wrong on this one. Like hurler is definitely like, I mean, we didn't play that card for so long. And then merchants just change everything. That, like they are such a warping effect on the game. And I, I just feel like people just don't even get it. You'll just don't understand yet of exactly how warping um, merchants are to, to the game. Like, which is kind of like fine. Cause everybody can play them and they, they do good things to the game in various ways, but they, they just change like imagine if they just all vanished you know, right now. What would happen to the game? It would be totally different. We'd have to rebuild
1: all of our decks. So this nerf I do wanna like give a shout out to the A Space Discord. Everybody join that. Like <laughs> the Ace Space Discord, I think, is legitimately responsible for this nerf. Like uh I posted Isomorphics Huru list in there. And then Breloom added more merchants into it and turned like put a shelter wing in the market to turn into like maximum shelter wing plus palace on four and six as often as possible with effective 10 copies of each. And they explicitly referenced that in the patch notes. Like we did it, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was one that we I remember discussing specifically. And uh, I mean, I'm sure the other people uh, definitely figured it out uh, as well. But that, that was one that we that we called pretty hard. So satisfying. Yeah, for, for Loomsky, yeah, he's, he's here to appreciate the, the shout-out. Yeah, we did it. Shelter... Yeah, Eric909 Eric well, makes the call. Yeah, Rain rider died for Palace's sins. It uh, did indeed. 100%. Yeah, what? yeah that is definitely the, the call. Okay, so then I will ask you uh, this one. How do you feel about Palace being unchanged?
1: I mean... Nerfing sheltering is like sheltering was by far the strongest card. With it, uh, shout uh, shouts to lights out ace for writing an article. <laughs> 20, 20, 20.
0: What a guy! What a visionary! Nine nine ages endurance flyers are good. Fucking called it.
1: What a god! But, I mean, if they didn't have sheltering, I think that changing withstand would have been the way to do it. Like make withstand yeah. plus three plus three or something. I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the things that I find, like, wild about it, and however much Patrick Chapin's as, like, yeah, we'll change the campaign cards if they're a problem. It's like, okay, I mean, sure. What, changing with
1: spam, <laughs> technically not changing your campaign card.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, like, functionally is <laughs> changing one. Like, we all get, get the joke there. Um, but, I mean, I appreciate that, that they say that they're open to it. They still haven't done it. And there have been a number of cases where it like looks like it might be a good idea. And this is like, if you couldn't do it here where you could especially say something that's like, well, we're not really changing it. We're just making withstand plus two plus two. And you know, like, so we're not actually changing your pals. Like they could have done that. And it it was kind of like obvious as a, as a route to approach this. And they just chose not to do it. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's pretty clear that they're going to they, they put a lot of effort into avoiding that if they can. Yeah. Also,
1: homecoming has been out for what two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Like man, not that long. Like if they were gonna nerf something from a campaign, like Tavrod at the height of his powers and Boar were like way better candidates that they would have nerfed way before they would nerf Palace now. If that makes sense.
0: Sure. I don't. I don't necessarily think that I agree because I think the Palace has done so much like work to. Shift the metagame like a lot, and you could just do such a light tap to it too. And just change like like if you give withstand plus three plus three, it is still a really fucking good card. It is still just like a superb card. I think I think that it would still say just like an absolute ton of play. But, yeah, and and that's actually like a very relevant nerf
1: because then it makes it so that Palace on Sheltering doesn't two hit KO you by hitting you for nine and then eighteen if yeah. it's twenty seven. It's only plus two plus three, then it's eight and sixteen, it's twenty four. You need to like get in there with another guy, which like isn't hard, but like that, that is like a relevant breakpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean like, and there's just a bunch of these like, were like relevant breakpoints. Right? Like one of them also if you made it plus two plus two. Is that if you put it on a like, one attack unit that you're, it doesn't unstun it. Uh, if that like is relevant in a given you know, game state or whatever, so I don't know. There's there's lots of things that you they could have changed with that card. There's just so many like knobs and dials on a card like that that they just chose not to do it. And I think that it kind of like seems to suggest that they they are they while they say that they're willing to change the cards, like I think that they something has to be like miles past the line, like like undisputably like well across the line for them to want to change it. Like they even could have light tapped it with a
1: static ability
0: and made it like five strength. Yeah, exactly. Something. Like that sort of thing, like, like
1: automatically, like even if you like withstand a eager outlet when you have no know other flyers, it doesn't
0: get endurance. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it, I think that there was lots of possibilities uh, for it, and they chose not to. But um, anyway, that's, I think that there's enough to be said on on that one. I think that though, like sheltering rider, like clearly slightly worse, it could make a difference in things like. Or a rune hammer, which has a bit of a cascading impact in how the, the game works out, but ultimately, I don't think that this is a massive change compared to, for instance, I think the buffs are more important than than the the nerfs are, or the, the yeah than the nerfs are. Oh, one
1: more thing on Shelterwing is uh, with the stone scar buffs, vicious highwayman is likely to see a lot more play, and now big DZ
0: rider doesn't yeah. block
1: that anymore, which kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, I think that, that that's another one that I was um, interested in as well. So we'll see how that all pans out, but there's definitely a lot of possibilities of where things are going to go from here. Uh, I think that it's, the game is kind of I think, jostle around a good deal over the course of the next couple of weeks, but it really does depend on the release of the next set, of course, because this was something that was uh, announced at the ECQ, uh, it was sort of reannounced today on Twitter again that we would be getting a new set for uh, for Eternal the coming in the next month. And um so we don't know exactly when it's gonna be happening yet, but they we were already in spoiler season, which is not what I was expecting. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm super happy to see an accelerated schedule. Like, there's always that stagnation period. It's like, this has been on for two months, and this is still another month before we start seeing spoilers. And, like, I guess I'll just, like, jam another few games of FJS. <laughs> and now it's, we're, like, already getting spoilers? That's really exciting. I'm super into oh, it. Oh, yeah,
0: it, it is. And there's actually something that I... um. So last year, at, in, like, May-ish time, I wrote an article that was on the State of Eternal that was talking about the... Uh, like, kind of like what was going on in the game at that point, because there was a lot of like naysaying because the player numbers were down and everything like this. But th- there's just kind of a ended up being that year. It feels like it felt like a long period of time uh, between when the last set was released and when the next set was released. And we actually saw that even the previous year, that in the spring, player numbers were kind of depressed. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dire Wolf kind of was. Um, responding to that player behavior and trying to move their set a little bit earlier in order to make that lull uh, to be a little bit less severe.
1: Yeah, and they also changed the draft format too. Like They're definitely like taking feedback into account on mm-hmm. the like stale meta complaint.
0: Yeah, that, that'll actually be something that I'll just get your quick opinions on at the end too because I have not touched the draft format really Basically, at all, uh, yeah, I've been I mean, playing I've done a like bunch five of five drafts for it, and I have no idea what's going on. Don't ask me. <laughs> it's more than me, man. It's more than
1: me. So, all your draft? Talk. No, all right. I, I did a draft right before this. I lost to multiple decks that had mug and research assistant in them, and beat a deck that had sheriff Marley and rocano sheriff. I have no idea what's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I was watching a little bit of that. It was very confusing as to what was happening there. It was. Like and the thing is, he was like, I'm just like not even sure exactly how you won or lost those games. Like, what exactly? I mean, like, was your opponents just playing bizarre? I think that that was part of it. Your draws didn't seem great. I don't know. It was a very strange uh, draft.
1: Huh, I I don't know. Let's leave it at that. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let us then move on to talking about the next. Because we actually did get a couple of cards and a new mechanic. So let me pull that up here. Okay, first off, we have Onslaught. It's a new mechanic. We have, according to this, three new mechanics in Dark Frontier. The Onslaught mechanic is does something when played if you or any of your units have attacked this turn. So far, we've only seen this on... Uh, actually, we've seen it both on spells and on units so it can be uh, on anything probably like it probably could be on uh, weapons or sights, except et etc etc but it is a ability that just triggers when when something ha- has attacked so it's a pretty simple ability to um to activate this is kind of similar to things we've seen before like it's very similar to spark but just just slightly less restrictive
1: yeah I mean it was uh, it was raid in magic which is a mechanic that works very well like sometimes you want to suicide attack your guy to get your onslaught effect mm-hmm. and that's cool and the card that they showed it on like the big headliner card aspect of destruction is cool mm. <laughs> i don't know so like, yeah it's just a staple like not staple like a solid meat and potatoes mechanic
0: that like plays well and is fun yeah there's like kind of what i describe it and i think i've touched on this in some previous podcasts like there's there are mechanics that you know give a set character and and you do something really you know interesting and, and different and change the way the game's played and then there are mechanics that are mechanic mechanics that play like mechanics like they just kind of grease the wheels and and are a uh useful tool for balance or, or something like that um and this feels much more like that second category it is not something that i don't think people are able to say like wow this is crazy i can't believe we got to play with onslaught it'll be something that's fine and um the, it was more about the particular cards that have this design on it
1: i, I do want to say uh, days on days undoing had a very good comment which said he hopes there is some card that tutors for cards with this mechanic so that we can refer to them as mm-hmm. onslaught fetches <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so for people who don't know that is a reference to uh, magic the gathering where there are a, a group of land cards that are Fetches that come from the set Onslaught. So, people refer to Onslaught Fetches as a type of card. So, I just, just want to make sure that everyone got that that joke because I'm sure that a lot of people are just like, whoo, no idea what they're talking about. But uh, I, I like that idea. I like that idea. So, um, th- this card, though, particularly Aspect of Destruction, is the first one. It is legendary. It is seven cost, triple fire, influence, six four charge. And if you have onslaught ready, your units they attack again. Actually, um, quick question: I don't think that this clarifies. I don't know if anybody saw this in like Discord or whatever. Does killer count for onslaught? Uh, yes, it should. That counts as an attack. Wow, that's actually that's an important point. Interesting.
1: Oh yeah, I had you not can you that. can kill her and then play Aspect of Destruction and then you can attack with the
0: unit that just killed her. Synergy, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I mean, there's lots of things that you can do with it, with that that are kind of interesting. It's just like a small mechanical wrinkle there that might be relevant for whatever reason. But um, yeah, Aspect of Destruction. Well, this card is clearly very powerful uh I it's more question to read it
1: for it. the the podcast listeners so, so it's a seven fff unit it's a six four I, I read charge. it already oh you I did read it. oh okay yeah man oh okay you
0: didn't even pay attention <laughs> i just was, wasn't paying attention yeah. I, was, I was in my own little world thinking about demand death rod it says it says killer in uh relic weapons right in the article I, I know i saw that it was relic weapons. i just didn't notice the thing about killer uh for it thank you joxer um yeah six four uh, uh charge get a second combat like bad news slash um big bad idiot um so i actually don't really know. have
1: a thought about this so sure bad news is never good enough to play really like you play like a one of and like the workshop forge deck as a I mean and like sack the city mm-hmm. another card that basically doubled your damage output never good enough to play then they released coroviat palace which plays sack the city for one more and it was broken this card plays bad news for one cost more so it must be broken
0: <laughs> it's just math yeah no I I mean I think that this is a card that definitely has a lot of potential it's about like whether you have something like I guess a, it, this would be really good in a big praxis deck is what strike, strikes me like you put this in something like a heart of the vault slash um, like maybe even great kill titan I don't know if you don't want to go quite that big but um, if you play this in a deck like that build a big board um, you know, attack in with everything Play this guy attacking him with everything again. Like it's hard for me imagine that your opponent just doesn't die. Yeah, I mean, it, if you
1: are winning, it certainly makes you win. <laughs> this seems yeah. more like a combo card to me. Like in the aforementioned demand yeah. death rod, which I know Kamado has been all about playing bad demand death decks.
0: Perfect. Yeah. No, that's that's an important aspect to the card, of course. But no, I I think that this does have. I'm interested to see what people can get away with it, it, putting this into a more combo-heavy deck because this does seem to have some interesting potential there. But um, so one that I think is like worth keeping an eye on, but it, it has to go in a very particular kind of deck. It's not just like a generically powerful card. So next, uh, let's talk about the. Pristine Light. This is a three-cost legendary spell, double justice, influence, kill each unit with four attack or more, and then Onslaught, draw each unit from your void that died this turn. So this is really powerful. Um, Potentially. It's kind of Yeah, yeah. No, this is...
1: Like It's like you play it in a this small can... dudes deck and it's kind of like a one sided board wipe. But then even if you like have some bigger dudes, like say you are playing some weapons in this deck or something, then you can just like attack to enable onslaught. Even if it's a suicide attack, you get it back when you cast this. So like you just lose tempo and not card advantage. You're you're there's no situation where this card is not
0: like ridiculous, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I like the the thing for me is that like what I'm focusing on is the the base cases of this card like makes sense to, to to me i'm just like oh yeah you have a bunch of shitters you killed their titan and you attack them with everything like i get that the thing the thing about me is like it feels like this has gotta be a way to break this art just, like totally in half like you set up some like combo thing like you have like um uh, you know like using with like revenge units or something like that maybe i don't know what it looks like exactly but this card feels like it could do
1: kill all your revenge abs- units and then draw them with destiny i don't know yeah exactly <laughs> That's yeah man to you have to like play your fat unit with revenge have it killed get it draw it again and then have a board like, like, for instance
0: <laughs> no but like, like imagine playing this with I, I know that like a card that you love uh very passionately is that uh uh that three one charge lifesteal unit that son of a bitch what's his name what, somebody in chat no no not, not dread oh dread would be fun Dredd would be would be weird with this one. I think that you could maybe do some something. No, it's the the two called piercing grief. Piercing oh, grief.
1: piercing grief! Sure, sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, there's like some weird shit you can do with something like this. Yeah, okay, maybe um, this
1: goes. Okay, this is excellent in five stages. Of, I we're up to, like seven stages of destiny now because we've got display of ambition <laughs> and, uh,
0: and and now
1: uh, pristine light. <laughs>
0: wait, doesn't this draw cards with revenge and play the units oh oh no, Uh, draw from the void yeah, you draw from the void, yeah GBD Knight is like seeing it all, it's just like, oh god oh no, (laughs) the things that it does (laughs) Uh, does not work with revenge, no, it doesn't work with revenge when it goes into the deck, but if you like it goes back
1: and die to get yeah, which is what Five Stages of Destiny did, it would like play Piercing Grief and or um, Stone Potter Alchemist and like rise to the challenge to get them back once they died immediately, which conveniently puts them at full strength and they die. And then you just like keep on dark returning and smugglers stashing and stuff to get them back over and over again.
0: Yeah. So I, I like, I really feel like I'm not exactly sure what decks, precisely how many decks will play this in what numbers, whether it'll be market or, or main deck or both like, or what exactly like there's like a, there are going to be some fair decks that play this and it's going to do really you know great stuff especially in the market and then there's there's a real chance that'll be like some decks that are just built around this card and absolutely abuse it in some way and i'm i'm here for all of that that'll be interesting thank god justice finally got a buff uh been on ice for such a long time
1: yeah i mean you don't even need so. to like work to make it good just like Throw it in your random, like, Rakano Warcry deck that you built because it's your second week playing and you don't own any legendaries. And then it's like, oh, I have oh, a man. Hidden Road Smuggler, a Hojan, and a District Infantry in play. My opponent has a Sandstorm fight and a Moonstone Vanguard. I guess I'll kill
0: all their stuff and buff my guys and kill them. like <laughs> I'm interested in, in trying to figure out what is, uh, how to build around this card the best, but it, it's uh, definitely fascinating. And then finally, we have, um going to pull up this card it is Tazbu the Forbidden? I'm gonna go with Tazbu, which is just, it doesn't sound right. That's a very weird name, but hey, Tazboo the Boo. Forbidden, good good naming <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well the, like like is that like Tazbu like Desmo is a very weird name. That's not just me, right? Oh, That's just intolerant Uh, of radiant naming customs. If you like, when you like see like Indian names, you say like, whoa, like Natish, that's a funny sounding name. Like, come on,
0: (laughs) be tolerant. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut this. Don't want to get (laughs) people coming after me for for my radiant intolerance. Uh, Radiantism. But um, yeah, so five cost, five shadow, six, six. Deadly warp uh, when one of your units, other units dies, draw a card and take one damage. So I think the thing that most people noticed the most quickly about this card is that it costs or that it requires five shadow influence. Yeah. And everything that you think about this card has to be viewed through the lens of five shadow influence. Influence like that is so goddamn much.
1: This is the mono shadow heart of the vault. I just want to point out that warp yeah. has never been in shadow before. This is breaking new ground. No wait, there was the end of the. God, I always forget because end
0: is near. End of the line. End of the line. Which, which end of the is line.
1: Because they're both shadow cards from the same set that are rares. <laughs>
0: Have end. Yeah, no, and end of the line is the one that's the, the shadow yeah, and one. So end
1: of the line has warp too, but okay. So it's like the second shadow warp card, but mm-hmm. more warp is fun because warp is a, uh, it's exciting. You know, like you hear that sound effect. you like, oh, I get to draw an extra card this
0: turn. To betray the cause too, uh, Swiss, the stopwatch. Okay, I'm, I'm super wrong. Well.
1: Stop pointing it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Before, <laughs> yeah, there are the two cards, man. Come on, figure <laughs> it out. Yeah, no. It's a. Uh, I mean, warp has gone from the the Praxis thing to and everything thing now. I don't exactly know why, but it, it did. Uh, maybe he's explaining the lore somewhere. Somebody can, can give yeah, me the lore the, explanation. The waystones are why
1: corrupting it, the stuff, and now we're shadow the shadow shadowlands are warping. I don't know. Oh, this
0: after image, after image. Oh fuck God. you, man. You, you're just getting wrecked here. Um, but okay, like the the thing about this card the, the, the only thing that i see on this card is that it has five shadow influence like i'm not gonna lie like that is just it's really hard for me to evaluate this card because especially something like a warp card you really want to be able to play it on time like when it shows up on the top of your deck and you, you lose so much of the value of it that you can only play it when you get to the like fairly late into the game and like this also so you pretty much have to be playing with mono shadow and that's just not a deck that i am interested in right now
1: yeah i mean mono shadow like has existed at various points generally as an anti-aggro deck with, like tons of lifesteal and mm-hmm. stuff uh like this just seems like a worse version of stone scar scrapper in most existing decks but like maybe mm-hmm. you play them alongside each other in some new scrappy hour variant there's like some maybe it goes in that piercing grief deck i don't know
0: yeah i I mean like if you get this into play it can do powerful things like if you play pair it with scrapper i imagine like you can just kind of go off uh with it but that's just like there's a lot of hoops to jump through like what else are you doing in your deck other than playing these clunky five drops uh uh, can you play another faction in this because i just don't think that you can i don't know this is a card that i i could be wrong this could be a like if there's enough mono faction support this could be a, a solid inclusion in a very particular type of deck like i think this is something you kind of have to build around uh, but it's definitely got some serious hurdles to jump over
1: yeah so it needs like cheap sack outlets and going through the looking for one and two cost sack outlets we have like secret passage devour magenta wisp like there are and, uh, oh, combust for multi faction ones. There's just not not a whole lot to enable this really besides scrapper. And at that point, like do you really need additional cards that are good when you have a bunch of little shitters to sacrifice? Like, I don't know that like you play it because it's a six, six but, deadly warp.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely D- deadly warp, five, like, six, six for five is, is sexy, but I just think that you, yes, you play a modif- uh, shadow in order to get that. I guess it's like, well, something that um, if we get a relic, that is mono shadow that sacrifices units. Um, there's actually kind of the beginnings there of a rats plus t- toes boo, uh, style deck. I mean, that, that sounds
1: interesting. But then we just like start fear bindering you know, like, them and going off. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's
0: I'm trying here, Gu- guy. Like, I, like, oh, you know what? Else i Shadow really well pips, say. Severin severin and that's yeah, that's no, a good I mean, sacrifice
1: outlet. Right, if, if this card is good star reader severin is is the reason why
0: yeah and, and then this is also kind of like what i'm saying about like the relics too of how that fits all in together so maybe we we have it kind of half answer this. so if they have a, a relic mono shadow that is a sac outlet that we can pair it with rats we can pair it with severin we pair it with this guy we got a deck you know going off here it's still Need some work, but you know it's it's interesting. I mean, that's also like two hundred some more cards for us to see, so maybe the shell is there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, that is everything that I have to say right now about uh, these cards. Um, so there's a lot. It, it's very hard to evaluate anything without uh, seeing the whole set, the both the the fire card and the shadow card. Uh, I I'm not sure. Oh, how i feel about them quite yet obviously the rest of the set but uh, definitely the one that is the stands out right now as a, a front runner of, of what we've seen is the pristine light of course
1: yeah that's uh that's my pick for uh busted card of the set number one <laughs>
0: yeah no of course uh, so, um, with things sort of wrapping up, uh, love to take any questions or comments from the audience who's joining us here on Twitch. Uh, anything else that you wanted to mention, or maybe like anything that you're expecting to see in the set, or hoping to see, excited to see in the set? Well, I mean, like I said, I was hoping for
1: more displays, and I, I would, it's like I hope this is a cycle of like uh, five with five pip. Cards that have warp, like there could be some exciting stuff there. Like you know, mono time is always the busted deck on Reddit when a new set comes out. Like maybe it actually will be this time. You know, <laughs> like maybe if
0: you get like yeah, an L head
1: level card that has warp, like I think it's probably good enough to like make the deck decent.
0: Uh, Jimmy D Knight is calling that pristine light will be nerfed, so therefore it is a save draft. I, mean, I like that. That <laughs> that's like, pretty reasonable <laughs> take to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that card, man. I I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think that seeing this, it does suggest to me that this might ha- be a mono faction centered set because, like, we just ha- it's been a long time since we've seen a card that has that much influence requirements, and the only other one that is obviously um, a, c- a comparison is the witching Hour, which. I mean, like, both of us have played a ton of that card, and you know that you have to build your deck around it in order to pull it off. Yeah, I do love the Witching Hour. It's a good card. Um, Iliak is saying that the card is overhyped. I mean, like, of course, I mean, overhyped. It's the first, like, three card bank. Like, that's a pretty good fail case.
1: <laughs> and then, like, sometimes you just get a multi yeah. for one that preserves your board. Like, Plaguewind is a powerful card, and this costs three.
0: Yeah, and I think that just having a deck that like you just have a oversaturation or like slightly higher than normal saturation of Warcry or Summon effects uh, as well in your deck. If you're losing your car- units in combat and then getting them Mac you get the value of either the attack or the Summon effect. Like I think that that's all great. Yeah, stuff.
1: you can just use it to like as like a weird Dark Return variant. Yeah, like trade off in combat and like get your guy back. Not the worst. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it does. It does some interesting stuff, so I think that it is worth keeping... Uh, like, people are obviously going to overhype it, because whenever you, like the first good cards that you see from set, you're like, holy shit, it's going to kill everybody and ruin the game and be broken in half, but, like, it, it, it could definitely <laughs> still be, be broken in half. We just don't know for sure quite yet.
1: Yeah, they pulled the merchants so they could push this.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, finally give justice the chance it deserves. <laughs> So with that, I think that it will wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, of course, join Lights Out Ace on his stream. What are What are you streaming right now? Oh, nowadays uh, I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at
1: six Eastern. Sometimes a little late because I have to like hold my son, and then I cut off pretty early, like 10-ish, ten ish, between ten and eleven Eastern. So.
0: Well, I mean, you also get the advantage nowadays that sometimes you will get to hear Lights Out Ace sing to Hassan on, on stream as we were privy to this evening. So lots of other baby-related highlights out Ace. In, in the stream, which is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah get, get, that, get that fan club going right now. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for the, to the Twitch chat for hanging out as well. So I'll see y'all later.